Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few others. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And I save the best part for last. It's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. and practical, informative and inspirational. How you gonna do better if you don't know what better looks like? I do. Come on, let's talk about it with me, the Mind Massager. Music was just louder than your mic. Yeah, that's what it is. Let me do it one more time. Wait on some more people. Just a couple more minutes, y'all. Let's let's wait on a few more people to come in. Y'all, if you would share it right quick to your personal pages. And we'll uh, see if we can get the audience in here right real quick. Thank you. 
34 seconds. And we'll see where we are. Check out the technical difficulties. Make sure our sound is right. Get this conversation started. Good evening, everyone. How y'all doing? Hello. Yeah, you still can't hear me. We can. I can hear you, but it's very low. Let me see if it's my phone. I can hear you. You hear me fine. I can. All right, good. Faye, you hear me fine. I can. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so it's just my phone, but okay. Let's right, roll. Let's roll. Yeah, we can. I can see you better tonight, though. I, ask, we understand Ashley won't be on uh, for the first part of the show because she's trying to get her house situated because she's getting off we're starting we're trying a new short new start time tonight uh with 9 p.m instead of 10 p.m so we kind of cut into her motherly duties during this time so uh she's gonna have to kind of juggle duties while she's on the show tonight Ashley, you good i'm good i appreciate you trying to accommodate me oh well we appreciate you for us you know yeah. i travel and i don't get in until about 6 30. How, how long take you to get to work uh, about an hour and a half. Oh wow, you drive halfway wow. to Memphis, don't you? Okay. Yeah, I um right in between uh I I get off. I'm in the Delta between Brinkley and Helena, Arkansas. Oh wow, so yeah, you do have a nice little ride. Yeah, you so. Nice ride. Right, Faye, you using the green screen? I just have a background. Oh, okay, okay, that's nice. All right, good. All right, Faye and Lady Karen, how was your day? It was amazing. Today it's been a very good day. Yeah. <clears throat> you, so good uh that that's a good thing hopefully it's contagious and we can have a good conversation tonight and we can uh kind of get this thing going get this conversation started tonight i'm hoping some few people will jump on but more, what i've learned is more people listen to the replay anyway so it's not as big a deal mm -hmm. uh, during the show it's just main thing is to have the content available and last week we started the conversation of about when mothers are jealous of their daughters and uh it triggered some responses uh it triggered some uh, outside conversations i've had uh people come on come in uh my inbox uh talking about the conversation i think faye i think you've had several people talk to you about the show right absolutely okay and uh and what was some of the feedback that you got it actually was very positive feedback um you know i have one um girlfriend who was listening Cynthia and she kept trying to get off but we you know were going into information that was very informative and interesting for her so she ended up staying on longer than which was a good thing that's a very good thing that's a very good thing uh did any of your people did any of your people jump on Karen or do, do you know if they were able to listen in last week you know I'm having the problem with seeing the chats I have to go out and then hit the chat button at the bottom or look at them on my desktop, and um, so that's an issue. And even now, I'm I'm gonna go out and come all the way back in because it's hard for me to hear you. And it's Not my really. phone's volume is all the way up. So, Miss Karen, the, um, the thing with the chat, I don't think that that's something that may can be fixed. Um, 
because that's the same way I have to look at comments. I have to click on the chat button and then go to comments. So I don't know if that's because of where we are, because he has us inside of uh, this uh, stream yard. And so we're not looking at it like someone that's actually joining it. So that may be, I don't know if that's something you're going to be able to fix. Okay. Yeah. The first time I was on, I could see it, but I think that may have been a little different. Okay, but I'm going to go out and come back. Is that okay, James? No, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay. Thank you. Hey, can you see the chat? I can see the chat. I just can't comment. Okay. I got mm -hmm. you. I got you. All right. Well, good. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we can work around those types of things. Hopefully, we can work around those types of things. Uh, but let, listen, let's, uh, where, where, do we, where did we leave off last week? We talked about what the four things, uh, four, well, four characteristics of, of a mother who would be jealous of her daughter. And I think the four characteristics was, number one, she was a narcissist. Number two, she might be going through menopause. Number three, she has unfil unfulfilled dreams. Uh, and number four, if I'm not mistaken, was she was emotionally unavailable. Is it, was that right? Mm -hmm. she was emotionally unavailable. All right. Tonight, starting out, Faye and uh, Ashley, I want to unpack that whole that first point about her being a narcissist. And I want to really, uh, Faye, we talked about doing this, but I want to start to show off with this tonight. Uh, talking about those nine characteristics of a narcissist, and uh, because, like I said, uh, I, I, like I said last week, I think so often we uh, we really use that term so loosely, if uh, to describe anybody that, that we don't like or that's not acting that's acting contrary to the way we might want them to act, we automatically call that person a narcissist. So, starting out tonight, I wanna uh, I wanna start to show off with a. Uh, we're talking about uh uh yeah some of the some of the nine characteristics of a narcissist the first characteristic of a narcissist uh Faye and you uh, who what was the name of the uh what was the name of the manual that we got these signs of narcissism from dsm5 dsm5 what does that stand for again diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders okay so these and are the, the five is the it's on the fifth edition it's on a fifth day. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right. So the five, I mean, the nine signs of narcissism. And in order to become, a, in order to be, to qualify as being a narcissist, you have to have five of these signs. The first sign is a grandioso sense of self importance. That's the first one, a grandioso sense of self uh go ahead uh some break that down a little bit for us uh faye and Ashley. we'll talk about that too what, what what's the grandiose, grandiose sense of self-importance basically is that you're more important than you actually are um you feel that you're more important than anyone that's around you in your surroundings so you would see yourself first um over any and everyone even though there may be someone in the room or someone that's related to you that's more intelligent you know, um, better looking, you just have this inflated sense of importance. Inflated sense of, Ashley, you want to add anything to that? No, ma'am, I think, I mean, I'm sorry, you are not a ma'am. No, uh, sir, I think Miss Faye did great. <laughs> I don't think I'm a ma'am either, that's good. All You're right. not, All far right. from it. All right, Ashley, can you see the screen? I can. Read the second one for me. This is the second sign of narcissism. Preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, and ideal love. Or, or ideal love. Okay. Or uh, ideal love. Yeah. 
Uh, Faye, give us a look. Give us a thumbnail definition of that, please, ma'am. Well, it's basically like a fixation on, um, you know, wanting to become successful, wanting to be in control. You're fixated on these things. You're fixated on being the most beautiful person, um, you know, in the room. Um, you're smarter than everyone. It's just you are just fixated on these things that make you stand out and make you in your mind appear to be better than everyone else. Okay, that's that's a good definition. Signs, okay, that's second sign of narcissism. A preoccupation with fa fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. So we're gonna kind of read through them. Faye, you're gonna kind of uh uh kind of introduce them and then we'll go further. Ashley, you're gonna help me read them if you don't mind. So this is the third one. Third one is a belief that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people or institutions. What does that sound like, Ashley? <laughs> um, are we talking about someone? Huh? Are we talking about someone? No, no, no. We're I believe that he or she is special and unique and can only understand can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high society. I'm mean, sorry, high status people. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'm stuck on that one. Faye, come on. Um, for instance, if you're a doctor, you're only going to associate oh. with doctors. <laughs> You're only going to associate with people that you think are on your level or a little um, above your level. You will not associate with people that you feel that are beneath you. Okay. Okay. All right, Lady K, what we're doing is we're, we're looking at the first night, the first night, looking at the nine signs of narcissism. And so Faye is kind of mm -hmm. a, uh, is uh, giving us breaking a definition, yeah, breaking, giving us a definition of each one of these signs. And then, because uh, remember last week we talked about one of the signs of a mother that would be jealous of her daughter is one that was a narcissist. And we talked about the uh, in order to qualify as a narcissist, you needed to possess five of these nine signs. And so I really wanted to go back and break down the nine. So, so far, we've talked about a grandioso sense of self-importance, a preoccupation with fantasies of, self, of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty or ideal love. Uh, then a belief that he or she is special and unique and only can uh, associate with people of similar stature. So here's the next one. The fourth one is a need for excessive mm -hmm. admiration. I'm sure we all understand what that means. Everybody, somebody that needs that uh, needs that feel like they need to be admired by everyone has to be the center of attention. All of those. So we don't have to break that one down. Next one is a sense of entitlement. Do we need to break that one down? The next one is an inter. Okay, we'll need you to break this one down. Uh, interpersonally exploitive behavior. I think I know what it means, but Faye, tell us what it means, please. Um, where let's see, layman's term. Um, <laughs> where their behavior, um, they do have a ex explosive behavior. However, they try to keep it inside because they don't want anyone to see them at their weakest. Mm. That's interesting. 
They yeah, because if you, if you if you if you see a narcissist at their weakest, um, that pretty much will negate them being you know that grandioso. Wow, that's good. So is this introducing? So is this like introducing a uh, the a representative? I'm gonna give you something else, so you won't. Um, and I'm asking a question. Um, so is this almost? I'm going to show you something different because I don't want you to see the real me. Is that what we're, what I'm gathering from that? Definition? Yes. It, yes. And it can also, um, you know, also it could be, this person will also lack empathy too. Um, the interpersonal explosive, they will lack empathy um, because they want people to view them a certain way, you know, also, you know, envious of other people. They don't want you to see the real them. Even though they are envious of other people, they don't want you to see that. So they try to hold that in. Wow. That's good. And I mean, I'm, and it's sad when you talk, when you start saying stuff like that, I start actually seeing pictures of people. I mean, just literally, I'm sorry. I, mean, I ain't trying to really point the finger at nobody, but I'm actually understand, seeing it in a whole different way. And that, you know, that, and some people think that's a strength, but it's always, it's really a weakness. That's crazy. What's right, and then the next one you just it just reads right to the next one you said a lack of empathy mm -hmm. a person who actually has no empathy uh that's deep all right next one is envy of others or a belief that others are envious of him or her that's pretty self-explanatory so they saying they hate them pretty much they, say, <laughs> they have a battle in the head Everybody Ooh, i know a lot of folks it is it, never but everybody is just hating on them. It's not that they just, you know, don't too much care for what it is. It's it's automatically a hate. I know a lot of people. I know a couple of people like that. So if they got one of these, if they got four more, then that makes them a narcissist then. So you get to know, mm -hmm. you get to learn all of them tonight. Mm -hmm. All right, the next one is a demonstration of arrogant and haughty behavior or attitudes. A demonstration of arrogant and haughty behavior Oh, uh, yeah. We know arrogant people. Know oh, we yeah. like they're better than everyone else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So those are the nine uh, characteristics of a narcissist. And um, and uh, if you have five of those characteristics, then you are, I guess you qualify as a narcissist. I guess I need to go make sure, go do a check, um, go check in the mirror and make sure that. Uh, I think you have, uh, you have at least three. Oh wow! So long as I don't got two more, I'm all right. Then. As long as I got. Well, but you know what? You know what? what? What's that? One of the good things about what you just said is, if you go and try and take and look in the mirror, it's a big possibility, and I that you may want to try and change that. And not a lot of people want to try and change for the better. So you know that was a good statement. Go on and look in the mirror and see if you possess any well, of those. I, I spend I, I spend a lot of time in the mirror now. I'm much I'm much better than I used to be. Uh, good, good. That's what you made a conscious effort to to yeah. change, and that's good. <laughs> is that shade? It is not. I only know this okay. one person, so I don't know who Miss Faye was saying. She said you had three out of the, three out of five, didn't she? <laughs> I think she just threw that out there pretty quick. I don't know. Oh. Been, I hope I haven't been a I hope I hadn't been a case study that long. If I have, that's bad when psychologists sit up and di diagnose people all day long <laughs> trying to evaluate. That's why I send, no my, shame, brother. I send no shame. my representative every now and then. Let them know. <laughs> I, I do that on purpose. I do oh, it on purpose. 
I do it on purpose. <laughs> so, uh, no, so we've gotten through these nine characteristics. And, uh, and in order to qualify to be a narcissist, you have to have five of them. So when we talk about this whole issue of a mother being jealous of her daughter, um, first of all, like I said, it's still unfathomable, unfathomable for me to imagine any parent being jealous of their child, especially when you consider um, the responsibility uh, that we have or that we, you know, that we, that we have as parents to make sure that we help this young individual transition from birth to adolescence to, you know, teenage, you know, through their teenage years into adulthood. That that's our charge. That's our responsibility. And the last thing that I can imagine doing, because I mean, I think every parent should want their child to do better than them. Now, y'all gave me a new perspective, Ashley, on that whole mini me thing. Uh, because like I said, uh, when y'all, one woman got mad at me and unfriended me on Facebook. I don't care. But she's uh, a, we talked about, we had, all right, they get serious on this thing. I don't get it. But we were talking about the whole mini me thing. She said, well, you're overthinking it. I said, well, that's how I think it. I mean, I'm overthinking it. But uh, so, uh, but, uh, but I was looking at mini me. I don't want to limit my child as to me being their ceiling. That's why when I say, right. I, I kind of talk, you know, talk about that mini me thing. Uh, but then somebody said, you know, well, we say that because they kind of walk like us. They act like us. They have our mannerisms, you know. So that's what a lot of people mean when they say that they're many. But in, but with that being said, I think our charge, I think our responsibility should always be to make sure that we help our children transition into becoming the best adults or best young adults that we can. And my concern is that a lot of us now are not instead of uh helping them transition is that we're running a lot of us are running them away <laughs> because i mean i mean I, I had a talk with somebody i had talked with a couple of people this week that literally said that they left home and never and, and never left home and left for years and didn't look back because of how they were treated in their homes you know they uh they uh you know through whether it was some form of abuse or, you know, a mental abuse, physical abuse, whatever type of abuse it was, uh, it caused them to rebel or to close up. And when they closed up, they left home for an appointed time and never really, ever really looked back. You know, and, and I, I think, Faye, do you think, is that what narcissism does? Does it push their child away and, and isolate them in such a way that they that they are saying i can't wait till i get 18 and leave your house or some are leaving before then do, do you think that's what it is yes but i mean it goes deeper than that it's not just a narcissistic parent um because you can be an abusive parent and not be a narcissist um verbally physically um it doesn't make you a narcissist okay. but if you are dealing with a narcissistic parent it's very difficult because that parent is always right no matter what that parent always wants to be in control no matter what. So it's going to be hard to deal with a person like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Ashley, did you, hear, did you hear what she said? She said there's a difference between, she said a person can be an abusive parent without being a narcissistic parent. Yeah, I heard. I also wanted to uh, elaborate on the statement that you asked about, or the statement that you made about children wanting to leave home because of some of the things that their parents have done. But a lot of times those parents, those children don't necessarily aren't getting 
treated badly at home is just the fact that they feel like because I see my friends doing a lot of things out and my parent won't let me do these things, then life can't be great over here. I got to experience what's out here in the world because my friends have been doing it. So we don't want to mistake bad parenting. We don't want to mistake children leaving home due to being having bad parents from a parent just wanting to make sure that their child goes down the straight and narrow path. But for the sake of this topic, and since we're talking about narcissistic parents, we're not talking about parents who... I get that part, but we still want to... Because you made the statement that people said that they left home um, and never turned back. So yeah, we want to make those, sure... Yeah, those, but those, those, parents, those, parents, those, parents, those people I'm talking about were abused or, or, or were mentally... Yeah, like, I said, like I said, in context, tonight we're talking about parents. Because of narcissistic, because of abusive, and all those things. But no, I, I get it. A lot of parents, man, I, I understand what you're saying is actually valid. But I'm just saying that's relative wise tonight for this, for the sake of this show. We're talking, we're not talking about good parents and children wanting to just leave for the fun. We're not talking about narcissistic kids. We're talking about narcissistic parents. Is that okay? Please, pretty please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That was so cute. And, and, so honestly, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm saying that. And, and, and when I say something, a lot of stuff I say is personal. Okay. And I, I, might, not I, put all my, I might not put all my personal business out here because I put a lot. I put a lot out there, and I do put a lot out there. And you know I do. But when I say when I say that, I'm, I'm talking. Sometimes I'm talking from personal experience. Okay. Okay. And I get that. I get what you're saying. And as just as you talk from personal experience, I'll I'll go ahead and dig dig deep into the personal experience. I just had a conversation with my daughter literally yesterday mm-hmm. about this something similar to this, and that's that that's what brought me to my comment because. She was one of the ones who said, I know where exactly where she wants to go to school. And one of her statements of why she was so ready to go to college and be a, was because I don't let her go to the movies with her friends by themselves. So she feels like I am um, not allowing her to air quote experience things by herself. Well, she's 14. So you think that when you get so so just like you said, life experiences or you personal things. That's why I made that statement because some children think that their child that their parents are trying to be controlling and it's not being controlled. So yeah. I that, get you. That topic is overprotective parents. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, totally, that's, that's totally different, different from narcissistic parents. Yeah. We talk about narcissistic parents. Now, I get what you're saying, and it's it's a layer, but it ain't relative right now. Thank you very much. Oh, it, okay. It, it, it may not <laughs> be relevant, on, relevant to on, you. We talking about this too long. Moving on, moving on. You, but you're right. You're right. I'm gonna say, just give me. I'm gonna say you're right. All right. So the next one, what we what we're gonna start talking about now is ways. Okay, Lady Carol. Lady Karen having all kind of technical difficulties. I am. I really am. I got my baby girl here now trying to help me out. So okay. If I leave I, out again, I'm not coming back. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, you come on back in here, but uh. Uh, ways if you can. All right, so we're gonna let's 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 talk about the article that I sent you all today. We're gonna talk and and, and we might not be on the whole two hours tonight. We might not. We're gonna see how we're gonna see how it goes uh, tonight. But um, I wanted to look at that 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 article I sent y'all today. It's called "The Ways a Narcissistic Mother Might Try to Sabotage Her Daughter's Life," and that's why I, I started that conversation a minute ago about how. It's our responsibility. In fact, and as you're doing the exact, I, mean, I wouldn't let my 14 year old daughter go 
to the movies by themselves either. So I mean, that's not definitely not narcissism. But it's but I want to talk about ways a narcissistic parent, not an overprotective parent, but a ways a narcissistic parent might try to sabotage her daughter's life. Okay, so we uh, there are thirteen ways that a mother. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And before I forget, Josh is on here tonight. Y'all remember Josh came on last last week, and he's talking about trying to raise his daughter. Um, and uh, he said that he needed some help and some advice. Uh, I'm trying. Let me find this message he sent me because he sent it to my inbox today. He said, "Man, I'm I'm trying to come up with questions, but I really." He said, "What he basically said is it's hard to come up with questions that he doesn't even know to ask." You know what I'm saying? So he said because this is such on-the-job training for him that he doesn't even really know what questions to ask. All he knows is he wants her to develop into a uh, a teen, a teen as and a young lady. And he she knows he wants to be a lawyer, all kind of things. But her mother's not present, and it's hard for her to have a. It's hard because he doesn't have a female example in her life. You know, uh, he says she has a job. He says she's trying to find ways to express herself. But he just wants the best to help set he wants the best for her and help set her up for success. So he said he's listening in tonight, hoping he can pick up some nuggets uh to help him uh with his parenting uh, of his teenage daughter. And hopefully he can push her and ask and uh, fade in. He he said his she wants to be a lawyer, like your daughter's a lawyer. So uh so that, that so he's trying to be push, push her in the right direction. So if we can add if he can pick up some nuggets from the conversation, those nuggets will uh, hopefully uh, help him and maybe even trigger him to ask whatever questions he feels like he needs to ask. OK, so let's go. Let's start working our way through this list. The ways a narcissistic mother might try to sabotage her daughter. So the first thing she does. Karen, can you hear me? First thing she does is she takes responsibility for her daughter's achievements. She takes responsibility. Have you ever seen people do that, Karen? Absolutely. When, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. They they wouldn't be who they are, do what they do, if it hadn't been for me. Wow. Well, I am the one that led them to this person and I taught them everything they know. Yeah, absolutely. And the kid, you can always tell because the kid usually it's very quiet. They don't want to make them, you know, embarrass their parent, the mother, the father. Well, we're on the mother. The mother. Um, but yeah, that that's more prevalent than you probably think. Yeah. Anybody want to add to that? And I think a lot of parents do it um, and not realize sometimes that they're doing it. Um, you know, they're very, some parents are very prideful, you know, of what their children have accomplished. And in a sense, it's like, oh my gosh, I remember, you know, it's going to practice and me staying up late with them to study. And what they're doing is taking away from the child that actually put in all of the work. You know, I, I'm just the Uber. You know, I took you to practice, but I didn't practice for you. No. So those are your achievements. That's true. You know, I, I may have helped you study, but you actually are the one that took the test. That's your achievement. You know, I uh, I made a post on Facebook the other day, and I, a lot of people I don't think they caught it, but I said uh, it's bad. I said sad when be, when being proud simply resembles pride. You know what I'm saying? Because you know you 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 acting like you're proud by especially the whole social media piece. You know, posting a child on 
their accomplishments on social media, but you won't even go in there and tell the child how great they did. You know, I mean, I think that's that's really kind of backwards, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So, but you're talking about, and then and then and and even when you do that, sometimes I think you do it so not so the child can necessarily get the accolades, but sometimes you do it so people tell you how great a parent you are. Man, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. And and with that regard, you start you do end up taking responsibility uh, for that child's achievements. I think that's good. Ashley, did you want to add anything to that? No, sir. Okay. You know, that's the one thing that I cringe when someone says congratulations to me when my kids accomplish. Like my daughter graduated law school. You know, my oldest daughter, you know, is a chef, and my middle daughter is a you know a a commissioner for Clayton County and they're thinking, and I get where they're coming from, but I just feel, it feels funny for someone to say, oh, congratulations to you too, mom. And I'm like, but yeah, those are their accomplishments. Yeah. And I get where they're coming from, but sometimes it, it does. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Gotcha. Ash, I'm gonna give you this next one. The next one is she provokes you, then plays the victim when you respond. <laughs> You know, I'm asking my child all these questions when we, <laughs> as we're going through. Oh, you really? <laughs> um, okay. And I'm asking that because sometimes we do things unknowingly. Mm -hmm. Um, And me as a, I, I don't want to say younger because y'all say I ain't young, but as a mother raising a teen daughter, I want to make sure that I am, I'm talking to the people, but I want to make sure I'm not doing it either. But she provokes you, then plays the victim. I'm over here. Um, let's see here. I need to ask my daughter that too. So basically, I am, um, I guess making you angry, and then at the end of it, I make you feel like you should apologize, you know. Um, and I think that may happen a lot more than we think. No, what it means is, um, when you provoke a child. And when that child responds to whatever you're saying or doing to that child, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, when they respond, you want to play the victim like, oh, my gosh, I didn't mean it that way. Or why are you attacking me? That's what it means. So isn't that the same thing at the end of it? They feel like they should want to apologize to you because they've messed up or no, they make it. Not necessarily. No, okay. it's just that you're taking a situation where you've provoked your child you've angered your child and now when your child responds then it's well why are you saying that to me why are you doing that to me when you are the one that was the aggressor oh yeah i see that all the time i see that all the time You're not necessarily looking for not necessarily looking for a an apology want, but want sympathy yeah, yeah just some mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that, i can see that that's crazy can you want to add anything to that yeah um I, and I think, like you said, I, you've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot as well. And a lot of parents, I think, and let me say this to Ashley, I think it's really good that you're having that discussion with your daughter. Um, I really do. But, um, God, I was about to say, oh, yeah, I think a lot of parents indirectly do that. They, Like you just said, they may not want an apology, but they want to make the child feel as if to to think on it, you know. Um, well, maybe mom was right. Maybe I shouldn't have said, or maybe I should have given her. She did take me. She did, you know, do this. And it, I think it's really, and I, it's it's another one, but it's gonna kind of go over into the guilt aspect. Some 
people just do not want to think that things can happen without them or they can happen without their input. The mothers always have something to say concerning the daughter. And it's another one we're going to get to in a minute that I really, really want to, um, you know, have my little two cents to put in. But yeah. That's all you brought was two cents. Uh, nah, Lady Karen has a whole dog. She got a whole dog. I already know she got that. That's what I'm trying to see. Watch trying to sell me Karen show. <laughs> <laughs> Please share. Please share. Please share. All right. So let's go to the next one. Next one is she is unbelievably intrusive. Unbelievably intrusive. Ashley, are you unbelievably intrusive? No, I don't think I am, but I do get up in your business. <laughs> Um, so I don't I, I may need to get a better uh understanding of that because um yeah um again I go back to I'm a mother of a girl and you know I just I got the know. I do give her her space, she do got a little business, but I'm still up in that business. Yeah. So I don't know. I could be unbelievably intrusive. <laughs> I could be. Hey, I can act. No, let me quit. <laughs> no, I'm gonna ask that one came from the child. What the child's definition of intrusive? Exactly. Because we may not think it's intrusive, you mm -hmm. know, to know what you're doing, or you know, like for me, I do random cell phone checks. Now mm -hmm. a child may think that's like just over Never. the top, but it's mm -hmm. not over the top because I'm trying to protect you because mm -hmm. you may be receiving you know, messages that you shouldn't receive, or you may be sending messages you should not, you know, be sending. And then ultimately, if you get in trouble, guess what? I get in trouble along with you because you're a minor. Wow. It's funny that you say that because I remember when my daughter first got her cell phone, she got it at like 10 mm -hmm. and she had a prepaid phone. And one of the things that I would tell her, and she couldn't understand why she had to do this, but I told her, do not download an app on your phone without getting permission. One of the things that she would do, she would download these apps, but she wouldn't have any type of privacy settings. So anything she would post would be totally perfect. She had her locations on. And so she didn't understand, first of all, while I was all in her phone looking at the stuff, but it's like you're doing this stuff and you don't even know what you're doing. So maybe I am unbelievably intrusive. <laughs> so let me ask you something, Faye. Uh, well, go ahead, Karen. You got your, you got your finger up. Well, I need somebody to define what this this unbelievably <laughs> is. Uh, unbelievable to who? That, because yeah, that's what I said. At home, we mm -hmm. are responsible for them. Absolutely. So I don't know that there is an unbelievably intrusive parent in this day and time. While while we have minor children at home, I I just need a better understanding so I can say my two cents. Yeah, you know, and and, and it it makes me wonder who. Who actually wrote the article? You know what I'm saying? And what, and what, and what child, what age child they were dealing with? You know what I'm saying? They're talking about, mm -hmm. They talk about every time you set a boundary with her, she completely ignores it. Ain't no child setting no boundaries in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't setting that. Not remember what we said in Arkansas. Not now. It was right. an age you couldn't even close the door. The door. You know what I'm saying? In my house, right. without, you know, without, you know, of course, as you got older as a girl and all, all those things, you needed your privacy and whatnot. But, you know, ain't no, you know, so I don't know about this whole unbelievably intrusive beast. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Now, 
if I'm if if now if they're talking about asking, you know, I know you're a young woman. If they talk mm-hmm. about you're still young <laughs> and your mama's you know got demanding a key to your door, you know, a key to your house, you know what I'm saying, gotta have a key to your car, you right. know, maybe she's unbelievably intrusive, and that's you know beyond. But if we're raising adolescent teenage children, right. ain't no such thing as I'm is that what you're trying to say, uh, Lady Karen? Exactly. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not about you, not Lady K, because I'm gonna be because I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm looking. I'm watching. Yeah, but I don't have yeah. that issue now. You know, my children. The baby is twenty, but as as teenagers, nah. I I'm, I don't know about that. Unbelievably. <laughs> well, I would say if we if you polled my teen, she would probably say, and based upon whatever definition they gave, she'd probably say yes. She and she probably would say she be all in my stuff. That's probably how she would say. And yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Please do as a as a woman with you know four girls, um, be in her business. <laughs> Please be in her business. Right. They'll but thank you. Know They'll thank you later. Right. Yes. right. You know what? Thank like, y'all. Somebody like, somebody like me that's so technically illiterate though. You know, as far as keeping up with apps and all, I, I don't hardly even understand apps myself. So when you have an age gap, uh, you know, and, and there's one that don't understand technology like the children understand. I mean, like for the life of me, I couldn't understand why when I used to have my one daughter on, on my plan, I could. Uh, hey, Shante, I could never understand why every month Apple was charging 99 cents or, you know, every month, you know, 499, whatever, because she was doing all these things on the phone. And we were getting these, you know, I was getting these charges, you know, because I didn't understand it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think sometime I was intrusive too late, if that makes sense. Because I, I by the time I was intrusive, my intrusiveness has turned into investigations because I had to try to figure out whatever it was to do damage control and all those types of things. Because I wasn't very intrusive, though. I promise you, I really wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, not unless I had to be, but I really wasn't. All right. So what's the next? So the next one is... And actually, this is a simple one. You, do you feel jealous and competitive with your daughter? I'm joking. She acts jealous <laughs> and competitive. A mother who is trying. What y'all, those are just coming in. What we're talking about now is we're talking about ways a narcissistic mother might try to sabotage her daughter's life. The first one we said was she takes responsibility for your achievements uh, of her for her achievements. Secondly, she provokes. And then plays the victim when you respond. Uh, third one we all didn't really agree with was about being unbelievably intrusive. Because I'm definitely going to ask her, says she all up in her daughter's business. Yes. Uh, and Lady Karen <laughs> said, unbelievable to who? <laughs> that was she made. <laughs> unbelievable to who? And that was a good question. I like that one. And uh, then the other one is, uh, this is where we are right now, is that she acts jealous and competitive. Who... Why would you be jealous of your own child? Explain that to me, please. When, somebody help when me. When you haven't gotten in gotten in life where you feel like you should be, and your child has accomplished some of the accomplishments that you've wanted to accomplish, you're jealous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just simple as that. I mean, there are a lot of mothers. You know, they're from a, like my mom is from a different era. So the things that you know, I did growing up she didn't have those you know the access to do them 
And so even with my daughters, they have more access to do things and accomplish things that I didn't um, accomplish. However, mm-hmm. some people look at that in a negative light. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get to I didn't get to do it and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're jealous of their child. Mm-hmm. It could be something simple as having a smile waist, honey, and and and, and they jealous mm-hmm. of the way how how skin complexion hair. Yeah, not that you're not a beautiful woman, but it's just oh, she looks more beautiful than me because she don't have mm-hmm. I don't have that girlish figure. Well, you're not a girl anymore. You right. know, you're you're an adult, you're a grown woman. But yeah, it could be something simple as that. No, I'm not uh, jealous and competitive. Uh, I'm uh I help my daughter be competitive. We're competitive together. So no. Teamwork. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Gotcha. But if you read the article, they gave an example. It said if the child's they gave an example, said if the child's father gives the daughter a little more attention than he gives a the mother, then the mother can become jealous and punish the little girl. Are you yeah. serious? That, that can happen. Yes. Now that does happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But I mean, I don't mean any harm. And anybody that has a daughter uh, knows that that um, that daughter is gonna be the apple of that man's eye. Absolutely. And 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 it's almost and and, and I laugh at people because they do kind of like, girls, you don't get off of. And but some people actually do become super jealous. But you should know that once you get once a man has a daughter, it, it list it's over for you almost. So. <laughs> You might as well just go ahead and get over that part. Really? Not that he loves your the daughter more than he loves you, but it's just that bond that that daughter and her daddy has. But the woman so, needs to realize it's a different type of love. It is. Definitely. So stop trying to put it all in the same Yes, box. It's a different absolutely. type of love. And yes, I love the fact, especially, you know, quick story, my um, middle daughter, she <clears throat> definitely early on a daddy's girl and i was happy because guess what here take her i can go in another <laughs> room and be by myself you know, you know? <laughs> let 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 you deal with all of that I, i'm good on her you know but she was she was a daddy's girl you know i mean a true daddy's girl to the point she would cry when he would leave the house and i'm like oh my god this is weird but okay really yeah she's the daddy's girl oh, i used to do that <laughs> used to do what? I used to cry when my dad would go out of town. If he if he went somewhere, he didn't take us. Man, I would be sick, literally sick. Mama take me to the doctor for those two or three days. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I, I was out for a minute trying to turn my whole phone off. But uh, the jealousy part, have y'all already talked about that while I was gone? No, we're still we're talking it about now. it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. That. The, even in the appearance, how some mothers dress around their children, it can be it can be overbearing. It really can, and I don't. I think as a mother, especially when I'm supporting my kids somewhere or doing something on behalf of my kids, I need to look like their mother. Not that you need to look like their grandmother, but you need to look like their mother. And sometimes I have gone to my kids and said, "Is this too much? Am I okay?" You know, I'm mindful when I go up to. Well, when I would go to places where they would be, I just think, um, but my point is some mothers compete with their daughters in those areas and it gets utterly ridiculous in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a mother that's not embracing aging and regardless of you know how you look at it, you're going to age. 
And with, you know, with age comes wisdom and you need to then dress, you know, accordingly, especially when you're around your children. Now, if you're going out with your girlfriends, you know, have at it. But when you're around your children, take the attention off of you and put it back on your kids. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing uh, that you just said, Miss uh, Faye. If me and my daughter go out somewhere and I have a few crop tops, but I may wear those if I go out with the girls. Mm -hmm. But if me and my daughter are going out to the mall or something, I may not put on a crop top. She mm-hmm. she if she decides she wants to put on one fine, but I may not put on one with me going out with her because now we in here looking like sisters instead of mama and daughter, and that's not what I want to go. I mean, they already think that we she my little sister anyway, mm-hmm. but I want to be able to distinguish the two, and I try to make sure that I am dressed appropriately. Now she may try to say someone I'm because she will say to me when I'm getting ready to go somewhere with the girls. Now where are you going? <laughs> 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 they're watching. They're watching, though. I mean, they're, they're watching. Yes. They're, they're going to yeah. be going out with their girls one day. Yes. So let me ask the people in the chat. Those that might be in the chat uh, uh, that that have daughters, are are you like Lady Karen? Are you conscious of what you wear when you're around uh, your children and their friends? I mean, do, I mean, <clears throat> or do you care? Do you do you view them as a child or you as the mother and you're gonna wear what you want to wear regardless. And that those in the chat or those that might be listening later, uh, let me know. Do me do are you conscious, conscious of those things? I mean, are you respectful of your child's opinion, you know, when you go out? Cause I mean, or or do you feel like if you're gonna show them you still got it? <laughs> and then you showing them that you still got it, then that's uh subliminally that's a way of competing uh, or being competitive. With your child, like girl, you ain't the only one fine. I'm, I mean, I got, I still get all that. They do it too. I just thought about it. Lord, I got, I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit thinking about it. I threw up in my mouth a little bit thinking about it. Oh, bro, my bad. I'm back. Wow. Okay. So, what's the next? I told y'all we're gonna, we finish early tonight. We're getting out of here. I ain't playing. I'm gonna go to bed. I'm tired. But, uh, the second, I mean, the next one is she never loves unconditionally. She, her love is always based on some type of condition. Does anybody relate to that? Or well, can recognize that? Will you, will you please say your question again for me a little louder? I mean, uh, I, okay. it's, it's, uh, it's said that the mother never loves, right. a narcissistic mother never loves unconditionally. And I said, have you, have you ever witnessed that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I would think, um, and I know a lot of people probably would not like me saying this, but I would think this would be one of the most common ones with mothers. We have to be very careful that we don't make our children feel, if they don't rise to our level, that they're, they're, that there's going to put some kind of gap between my love for you. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. My thoughts and my opinion. What our child does we as the parents should always love them should always show love towards them now you know age appropriately you show discipline but i don't care y'all y'all may not like something that my child does that's fine they could be wrong as my mama would say it's two left shoes i'm gonna get in there but i'm gonna be the but i'm gonna be the one standing with them because i'm going to love them regardless and i think we as um i think people have to work on that 
I really do because I think most of our loves have an if. You know, if you do this, then I have much love for you. And if you don't do this, we may not say that we're not going to love them and that there's going to be some kind of um, distinction between now, you and I. But, yeah, I think there is. I think we show it, too, more than we realize. Wow. What do you think, Faith? No, I agree, because uh, most narcissistic um individuals when they love it has to come with um it's conditional um you know what have you done for me to love you you know are you achieving those goals that you know i want you to achieve are you doing the things that i want you to do and if you are i love you if you are not doing those things i don't love you so it comes with conditions wow Wow. And then if you're performing if you're doing yeah if you're performing well or you're achieving overachieving Yes, that, I will show you love. I'll show you love. But the moment you stop doing it, go ahead, go ahead, Karen. Well, you know, sometimes we we have a lot of different situations that go on in our different communities. Do you see, when you see, especially, um, okay, I don't want to, I can't get off on the men, but when you, you see people in jail are coming before the judge, where is the parent? I mean, I really want us to think about it. We seldom see it unless it's our child that has been wronged. But what mm -hmm. about when you, your child did it? They are guilty. Where's the parent? So I, that's why I said this is, I think this is most common and we got to think about it because that's still your child and we should still love them and show love towards them. But a lot of times we don't. It's, it can be embarrassing. When the mm -hmm. child does something to embarrass us, we don't want to okay. that's, that's a natural emotion. That's okay to be embarrassed, but it doesn't mean not to love and support. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. That's good. That's good. Um, that's good. Because I think, yeah, I think a lot of people do based love based on well, I know a lot of people love based on conditions. So that that's a good one. That's a good one. Let's go to the next one. The next one is she intentionally she intent intentionally undermines and embarrasses you and it sounds like if a if a mother were to do though is participating in that type of behavior she's doing that to try to bring attention to herself while demeaning you does that make sense does that mean is that what she's really doing by tearing you down is building her up some mm-hmm and mostly it's to tear the person down. Um, like, I, I'll give you an example. For me, I'm a very, I'm, I'm an alpha person, an alpha female. Um, you know, not a lot bothers me. Uh, and so I would, you know, project that onto my, my oldest daughter. She's very sensitive. And I'm like, why are you so sensitive? And we would have conversations. And with me, I'm telling her, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't say that. And then it it embarrasses her because in my mind, because I wouldn't deal with those things. I wouldn't do that. Um, now I'm projecting it on her, you know, that you shouldn't be doing it. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it was it wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to bring her down, but I ended up doing it anyway. I ended up embarrassing her anyway. Got you. Uh, Karen, anything on that? 
uh my my mind went back to you know when we was coming up james our parents said wait you show out on broadway <laughs> you get dealt with on broadway yeah. that's right that's right so you get it where you gave it huh you get it where you gave it get it where you gave it but and and i i still agree to that to some degree but i think the embarrassment has to be tempered a little more now mm-hmm. a lot of kids are just softer yeah they're softer yeah. than than they were 40 50 years ago yeah. and if you know you raised a soft child you know don't don't be trying to little things will embarrass them so you have to temp, temper that knowing how you raise a child absolutely you have to know your child because my middle daughter she's me so i I can trust i say and you have to know your child because my oldest daughter is more sensitive than my middle daughter my middle daughter is like me i can say things to her and she's like yeah okay whatever and keep it moving and it won't embarrass her you know um she may be a little upset but it won't embarrass her to the point where she feels like i'm demeaning her but my oldest daughter, you know, will feel like I'm demeaning her if I did the same thing. So like, you know, Lady Karen said is you just have to, we have to temper it now. We can't do the same things that our parents did to us. It doesn't make it, you know, just because it happened to us, don't make it right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, I think the motive of the embarrassment back then was a little bit different too, you know, uh, like, because uh, when you said, because the key word is intentionally to undermine and embarrass you now uh they gave two reasons in the article so number one is to make sure she never looks better than her and number two to destroy her self-esteem when they embarrass us they weren't trying to destroy our right. self-esteem it was, it, <laughs> was just a lesson. Of, it was discipline you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it, was, it was like a little verbal whooping right quick and then keep they keep on right going. you know what uh let me let me, let me take a pit, pit stop right quick you know i uh asked did you see that uh that post i put on facebook the other day when I asked her if if you uh if you, you know if you found yourself making a parenting mistake or what qualifies as a parenting mistake, uh, did you go back and apologize to your child? Yes. Did you see like out of seventy people that answered that t- that question, every last one of them said yes. Uh huh. Do you believe everybody on there really goes back and apologizes to kids? No, no. Let me, let me tell you no. why. <laughs> Because, and one of the things I say I like about us when we get on these panels is how we are transparent about yeah. how we aren't the perfect parents. We just yeah. like James says all the time, we are not, we don't have all the answers. I know for me, I learn from these, from these shows, but I wasn't a person who went back and apologized. Mm. Um, I'm getting better at those things because one of the things that I'm realizing and I have a friend and we talk about how we parent our children, our girls, um, is because I'm realizing that not that I didn't know, but I'm not gonna say I didn't care, but kids have feelings too. They do. And just like we want somebody to be mindful of our feelings, I want to be mindful of my daughters as well. Do I do everything right? No. Am I trying to strive for, am I going to be perfect? No, I'm not. But I'm striving for perfection when it comes to those areas. And I believe, no, everybody probably ain't apologized not one time. <laughs> to be, <laughs> to no, be honest, you probably put something on their mind when you when you put uh, that post up to think about, hmm, maybe I should start apologizing. Because they got feelings too. 
One of, one of my one of my homegirls, she uh she called me and I and we talked. <laughs> she talked to me about it and um uh, and I said, "Do you apologize?" She said, "H E double high." H now. <laughs> I said, "Why?" She said, "Number one, I ain't never wrong." And she, she was laughing when she said that. And then I said, "I said, yeah, you wrote." She said, "No, I ain't never wrong." She said, "I might not apologize." Now listen, what she got me right here, Faith. She said, "I might not apologize, but I might say you want something to eat." <laughs> But you know what? And you know what? A lot of people do that. But those kids, our kids need to hear. I'm sorry. I apologize. However you want to say it. They need to hear that because they be in sometimes the things that we do to them, they might be in their room crying behind what has happened. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if we no. never go back and write that wrong, we don't know what that could cause for them later on. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I have a sensitive child. I guess. And you. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you good. I mean, I, cause I, but I wanted that punchline to fall for a second because you're 100% okay. right. Because she said, she said, I might not apologize, but I'm going to go in there and say, hey, but, but y'all want something to eat? And that, <laughs> uh, or something along those lines. Uh, and that's what a lot of our older parents did. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They might not mm -hmm. have apologized, but they might be like, come on, y'all, let's go to McDonald's right quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, let's go get some ice cream. I, I've taken something from you, so I'm gonna give you something back. I'm gonna, something back. yeah. I, mm -hmm. You know, if I if I've left a hole right here, let me replace that hole with a pleasant memory. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And right mm -hmm. now, like, but going back to what you just said, Ashley, what we do, or what a lot of us do now, that are not very good parents, or that hadn't been very equipped, or, or some of us are parenting on survival. I think that's what I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna use that term. We're parenting on survival because so, certain things we didn't like about the way we were raised. <laughs> so we're going to put the, put together this little uh, mixture of parenting, you know, and keep this and put that together. And then I'm going to kind of go survive as best I can. And, I, and I'm going to do it. And But we leave so many casualties because, like you said, that, that child is in the other room crying because you didn't yell at them and hurt their feelings and, embar and, and has embar have embarrassed them, intensely undermined them, right? And you talking about you apologize? No, you didn't. Are you? Are you don't think you need to apologize? Yes, they they need to hear it. They need to hear it sometimes. Go ahead, go ahead, Karen. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't about to say anything, but I will. Oh. You know, sometimes we parents, our our vernacular to our children is totally out of order. We cutting them out. We making them feel like you know they are less than. I'm not on my show, cause so I can't say what I want to say. But you know, we really do make them feel bad and embarrassed. Sometimes the embarrassment it may not be anybody else around, but it still eats at their self-esteem because you are my mother. You are somebody significant to me, and what you say mm -hmm. to me means all the. It means everything to me. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think we need to you know, kind of think about that a little bit more, cause. Our mouth sometimes with our kids is horrible. Horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> sometimes they feel like it's better to just give me a whooping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a whooping than to, you know, get the chastisement that comes behind, you know, comes out of uh, uh, the words that comes out of the chastisement that I get. Just give me a whooping. Okay, I just want us to think about it because it, it, it really can mean a whole lot to them. Words are so powerful. 
and uh, when they start acting out like we're calling them or what we're saying to them, then we want to say, I didn't raise you like that. Yes, you did. Yes, yes we did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we did. Wow. Also, do we think, uh, Miss Faye and Miss whomever can answer this, that if we pacify them with rewarding them with the gifts instead of just having conversations and righting the wrongs and, you know, acknowledging what you have done to them, do we think that we're uh, making them or, or, or having them to believe that the way to fix things is by uh, giving things that fixes all things? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. And Vanetta Starks says that when we do this, it's intentionally, a, uh, when we do this intentionally, it's a form of self, it's a form of control. We're trying, mm -hmm. to, we're trying to control that child. Now, Josh said that maybe because he's a single dad and he has strong feelings for his kids' development, he does apologize. If, uh, and if I feel I was going, if he feels he was going too far. Because many times he has, he feels it ensures to them that he does love them no matter what. So he tries to apologize because he is a single dad and he wants to um, foster that nurturing environment. So that, and that brings us to the second, next point. Uh, a, a narcissistic mother foster nurtures a feeling of self doubt, excuse me, of self doubt and insecurity in her daughter. She nurtures a feeling of self-doubt and insecurity. That's sad. That's pathetic. Who who does who nurtures a feeling of self-doubt? So when the child is doubting themselves, rather than reassuring them and telling them what they can do, the narcissistic mother continues to nurture that feeling of self-doubt. Is that correct? Well, well, that's a sense of control because they want that. The mother wants that daughter to always be dependent on her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She doesn't want an independent daughter. She wants a dependent daughter. So when you have someone, you know, that's feeling that self-doubt, they, the mother wants that child to always come to them to ask them, what should I do? Mm -hmm. Where should I go? How should I do this? It's that whole control of wanting that daughter to be 100% dependent on her. Wow. Hmm. So are they gonna are they gonna financially support these children forever? <laughs> oh, well, you will have some that will do that. Oh, we'll, wow, will definitely give their yeah. child money so that they can be dependent on them. See, you can't yeah, do right. this without me. Mm -hmm. You can't go out and me? you know rent an apartment or pay your bills without me. See, you're gonna always need me. Of course, mm -hmm. if they have it to do it, they will do it. Mm -hmm. Just to just so they can feel like they're in control. They're in control. They're controlling the of, situation of something because they may not have any no other control in their life, and that that's the only thing that they have to hold on to. If you, it's a reality TV show. What is it? Um, the Housewives of Potomac. There's one of the girls that's on there, and uh, her her mother uh has this type of behavior and one of the things that she gets on national tv and talks about how she pays her has paid her daughter's bills while she has a husband and you know i'm still having to do this and wow. she has a husband and you know um wow. the house is in my name you know just all kinds of stuff and i'm like you are you really doing a your channel on national tv like doesn't care and she does she has no it doesn't but bother you. If you have a parent like that, then you need to stop asking that parent. 
Absolutely. Because they're going to tell everyone what they've done for you. And if Absolutely. you know you have a parent like that, why are you? Because at this point, when you become grown, why are you upset that this parent is discussing your business when you're constantly going to them to bail you oh, out? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure her husband is like, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I can only imagine. I got a couple of chapters in my book about stuff like that. My first book, I'm telling you, I believe he is like, look, let's go. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but see, she's become so dependent upon her mom. I, you know, sometimes they make us feel, or people make, just like, well, she probably has made her feel like you can't do nothing without me. And now you got a whole husband, and he can't do it. He ain't gonna do what I have done for you. That's how I kind of. That's how I take the attitude that she has. He's not gonna do for you what I do for you. You, he's not gonna ever buy you or be able to take care of you like I have. You're gonna definitely highlight it if you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you say? I said she's definitely going to highlight it if he can't. Mm -hmm. yeah. If the man can't do what she can do for him, she's going to make sure she remind her that she can't do it for her, right? You hear me now? I got you. That's okay. All right, so <laughs> I, I'm taking my phone to AT&T tomorrow because something <laughs> obviously is wrong. Yeah. I got you. All right, so the next one is she uses you as her gossip collector. She uses you so yeah, as her gossip collector. She uses you as a gossip collector. In other words, if you go over to the family member's house and she didn't want to go, she's going to have you tell her everything that transpired while though. Is that, is that right, Faye? <laughs> yes. Yes, going to discuss everything about everyone with this particular person. And when you are under your mom's thumb, you will sit and listen to it. Uh -huh. Just so she can stir up some drama, huh? Yeah. But if you're not careful, then you're going to get dragged into that narcissistic mom's, um, you know, web. And you'll have other people upset with you. Wow. So that's like going over to daddy house and telling everything that the daddy got <laughs> going on over there. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. That's we was taught that you don't what go on in our house. Stays. It stays here and you don't be telling nothing. Because everybody got that one auntie too that's going to ask all them questions about what's going on in y'all house. So she can have a conversation about it later on. We We, we couldn't tell nothing. She said, everybody got that one auntie, huh? That one auntie. Everybody got that one auntie that's going to question the kids when they come over to her house. And so she's a narcissistic mama too, huh? Oh, baby. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, that's a character flaw with a lot of women. We talk too much. And mm. so we, I think we should be very careful in raising our daughters that we don't train them to talk too much and mm. when we ask the questions when they come home from dad from aunties or whoever and we started at we start to ask them questions we're training them to talk to them we may mm. not realize it but we are they ought to be able to go and visit their dad and have a good time and not even have to think twice about mm -hmm. what i experienced at daddy's house right. but when i come home 
And now I got to give mama a rundown of everything that happened while I was over daddy's house. That's exactly what we're doing. And you're making that child uncomfortable too, because you're putting them in a situation Absolutely. that they should not be in. Mm -hmm. Wow. Then you're mad. Then you're mad when they go over there. Be telling your business. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Now it's good for the goose, but it ain't good for the gander. Now. <laughs> but that's something. Yeah. yeah. But she uses you as her uses you as her personal gossip collector. That's what a narcissistic mother does to try to sabotage her daughter's life. Next thing she does, Lady Karen, Lady Karen, Lady Karen, can you hear me? I'm sure. She uses guilt to control you. Yes, yes, yes. And when I when I was thinking about guilt. Um, you know, our children are younger and they have different gifts and different talents and things than we have. And sometimes they maybe do really well in this particular area, but they will, you know, their room is messy or they uh, didn't do the dishes or, you know, something else that we can pick on that is not as much um of a good area or a strong area in that child's life. And we make them feel, okay, yes, you do good over here, but that ain't nothing because look at you. The air, the other area that we condemn usually is more personal than maybe the gift or talent that they have. And so I, I've seen it happen a whole lot because I'm around people, <clears throat> younger people who are very gifted and talented in supporting my children. And sometimes you will find that parent that, you know, just drive what they are not doing at home or in their, you know, more personal than the gift of talent. And that child eventually is like, well, should I, I forget this, all of this, I'm done because I can't ever do enough. Mama's always going to have something to say. Uh, daddy would too, but we're not on the men tonight. <laughs> so yeah, I want I want us to just think about that because, and to balance that, I'm not saying that we should not train our children to do things well at home and take care of house first, but we have to be very, very careful that we don't guilt trip them into um, making them feel whatever they do is not important because I didn't do something at home. I didn't do what mom wanted me to do. That's that's my two. That's my two. That's, that's more than two. What you uh you want to add anything to that thing? Um, well, I look at it when it's um guilt to control your child. It's you're guilting them into doing something or not doing something. Um, for instance, um, you know, it it going back to dad, let's say for instance the mom has an issue with the father, you know, they make that child feel guilty to the point where they may not want to go visit their dad wow. because they know of the outcome, the backlash that they're going to get when they come back home. Oh, you love your dad more than you love me. That's why you keep going over there. That's the whole guilt and controlling of kids. You know, you're guilting them into doing or not doing to benefit you, to spare your feelings. Wow. Josh just gave an example. He said, my kid's mother guilts them all the time about not being around and makes them feel bad because she feels bad. Mm -hmm. She has tried to kill herself a few times and has said, don't leave me alone. 
I'm afraid of what might happen to me. He said to him, that's way too far. He makes she makes them feel like if she's not around, if they're not around, then she could potentially kill herself. That's yeah, that's that that yeah, that is that is yeah, you, that's yeah. a lot of responsibility <laughs> to put on anyone, let alone a child. Absolutely. That's a lot. Yes, you want to add anything to that? I don't. Yeah, that's 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 pretty deep right there. Yeah, Josh, we're gonna be praying for you and your uh, your whole situation, man, for real. Hopefully, we can in the next few weeks or so we can give you some solutions. Uh, I think I was can I suggest something to him that he makes sure that he, being the father, lets his children know that's not their responsibility. Somebody that is significant to those children need to speak that into them. If not, they're gonna carry that forever. But he, I don't know, he didn't say, if so, I couldn't hear you say how old the children were, but someone needs to let them know that it's not their responsibility. Yeah, he said, I know he has a teenage daughter, so she, yeah, she's, I think uh, he said she's working 16 age. Yeah, 16, yeah, she's working, yeah. yeah, 16, she's working age. Oh yeah, it's definitely time to, to sit her down and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. He, he said to the previous point, he said he's caught himself asking what has happened, you no, know, asking the child what's happened over there and has seen how made it how uncomfortable it made them feel trying to ask those questions so when we're talking about the mother using the child as a god you know for gossip or whatnot he said but he'll ask them not necessarily for gossip but just to ask them what happened over there and uh they feel super uncomfortable doing that but to answer the question uh karen he said the children are 15 14 and 12. 15, oh he 14. definitely need to have conversations with them yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i agree sometimes oh, yeah. even Sometimes even with asking your children, uh, how was it at your dad's could lead to inappropriate things or some, or how was it at the other parents' house? So it's almost to the point where you can't really ask anything <laughs> without them wanting to go into it. Especially if you are a person who wants to gather all the tea. Yeah, if you ask something like this, sometimes they feel compelled to just blab and say whatever. You know, I train mine. Don't I ain't gonna say train. If they need to ask any questions about what's going on at your house or anybody else's house, tell them to ask your parents. Mm-hmm. That's good. But I, I don't want to say to him because, to me, in my opinion, Josh, your situation is a little bit different because the parent is putting so much responsibility on your children. So I can't say that when my if if I was in your shoes. When my children came home, I might would say something like, hey, you good? You know, anything on your mind? You need to tell daddy or something open-ended like that. Um, because I would be concerned about mine, knowing the things that you've told us that she has said to, to them. So just kind of try to balance it out. That's good. That's good. Good open-ended uh, statement without you know, making them feel comfortable. That's good, Karen. I like that. I, I like that. All right, so here's the next one. The next one is, and Faye, I want you to explain this one, please, ma'am. It says, she confuses your true reality by gaslighting you. She confuses your true reality by gaslighting you. Um, did they really give an example of this? Because that can be a little bit of anything. They did. Uh, let me give. She said. They said, "Gaslighting." They said, uh, "Growing up, did you ever feel 
uh, ever see or feel things that you were 100 certain of but then you you went and talked to your mom and she treated you like you were crazy oh yeah they throw me off some of these examples that's why i said let me throw this a dr Faye right quick curveball bam i threw it down the middle too okay. so hopefully you can knock it we'll right elaborate out on what you said um where the child feels very comfortable or, or confident in whatever decision they were making and typically it's you know if the mother doesn't agree or she didn't come up with it because she may agree with your decision but if she didn't come up with it, she'll make you feel like it's the worst decision ever. And she will try to get you to change your mind to something that may not be, you know, the right decision. Um, but it also goes back to control. It goes back to not wanting that child to appear or to become more, you know, in her eyes, successful than her. So she'll do anything to, you know, get that child to be mediocre when in, wow. in the, when we should be making our children you know children feel like they are superior not in the way that um they're better than anyone else but you know that they can do just about anything they set their minds to so yes the gaslighting will be is making that child feel like your decision is worthless you make the wow. worst decision ever I'm getting so angry with these narcissistic mothers by listening to this. I'm just, they just really pissing me, upsetting me for real. Try living it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 uh, okay. Maybe I'm, uh, never mind. Gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse to make the victim feel like he or she is going crazy. So these mothers are literally taking these children, raining on their parade to make them feel and act like they're crazy that's amazing to me why would you do that and it doesn't have to be making them feel like they're crazy it's just making them feel like they can't make a, a right decision their decision that they made is the wrong decision yeah that's that's crazy and you know sometimes as parents we we're one of the most significant people to our children and so we will say they may tell us something that they're experiencing and then we come with all the reasons why we you saw it that way you saw it but that's really not what it is and this is how it is over here and the child knows what they felt when they experience whatever it is it's not always about what we see but most of the time it's about how somebody or something made us feel and so um as the parent, as the mother, sometimes we try to guide that their emotion, their feeling, and that child already know they they've lived it, they experienced it, they know how they felt when they went through that, and that can be when your parent, especially your mother, does not listen and does not care in the eyes of the children, doesn't care what I experienced or what I've been through. That will that can play on that mind very strongly. Wow, that's deep. Ashley, you think what, what do you think about that? Ashley, Ashley, there. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, now I can. We we couldn't hear you. I said I don't have anything to um to add to those um points to let you see great. All right, cool. Let's so let's go. We only got about three more, like I said. So if we get out early tonight. That would not be a bad thing. All right, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, them three days, them days in Savannah whooped me the other day. I ain't gonna lie to you. All right. So 
The next one is that she is, and we talked about this a little bit earlier tonight, but let's talk about it a little more. She is never empathetic. She mm. is never empathetic. She's never empathetic. Somebody elaborate on that one for me. Whoever chooses to. Uh, I, I will. <laughs> you know, sometimes we um, have been through so much ourselves that we have that wall up and we become very hard and very callous. And we're used to not letting a man get past that wall. And I think sometimes we don't realize that that wall is there for everybody. We focus on the man, but it's just there. If the wall is there, the wall is there. And so sometimes our children, our daughters need us. They need a hug. They need, uh, you know, kiss on the, if my kiss on the forehead, whatever. And um, we'll let those moments, those intricate moments pass by because we have a wall up against somebody who has nothing to do with what I have going on in my home. And so I, I don't, I just think we need to draw attention to that. And that's probably what this is saying here. Never empathetic. There's a reason why she's never empathetic. And it's usually said, wow, something has happened in life that she has built a wall and absolutely no one can get through over under the wall. That's crazy. I agree with you, uh, Lady Kay. I agree with that. Um, uh, I don't have anything really to elaborate on that. My daughter is one who likes to be all over. <laughs> and sometimes I try not to push her away when she comes. And it's not, I don't necessarily have a wall. But when a child comes to you to embrace you, we never know what those things may be for the reason that they're coming to. So. Um, I agree with you. Uh, sometimes people don't allow it, but if you can allow and welcome it, then do so. Right. It may be just their time that they need that hug or that, you know, that extra level of scoot over so I can get in the bed with you. Right. Absolutely. Uh, my child does that <laughs> quite a bit or just will walk up to me and put her head on my chest. And she may not even reach her arms out to hug me, but I'll hug her. That's it. Yes. And that's what this that's what this article says. The article says a mother should be there to sympathize with her, with the daughter, show some type of support. But that narcissistic mother just doesn't have Karen gave the why as to why she's like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but for whatever reason, she just can't put herself in a position to feel that daughter's pain or whatever, you, you know, or, or, or to or to associate with that daughter's pain. She just I guess emotionally numb or whatever towards. Don't want to be vulnerable. Or don't want to be bothered. Wow, that's a whole. <laughs> that's do a whole do we think that they just don't care, or is it something that um has happened to them that makes them check out? Uh, or I guess they will run into you don't care. I I they <laughs> can't. Okay. I think it's some above. I think you have some mothers who don't care. I was reading an article uh, the other day where there were parents that were confessing. They don't, which we know, don't like their children. They didn't want the children. Men that were saying, you know, they were forced, they felt forced into becoming a father before they were ready. So, and then there are some who, you know, things have happened in life and to become vulnerable makes them 
uncomfortable. So I think, you know, to surmise it all, that there are some who have both of the, are on both sides of that table. But when we have children, we have to deal with our issues like overnight, or at least by the time they're nine months or so, and <laughs> become a parent. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Vanetta mm-hmm. says something. You see that face? Yeah. She said, Sometimes that even becomes a competition. Mm-hmm. My pain is worse than yours. Oh, wow. Wow, that's good. Yeah. It is. And it may be, but we're the parent. <laughs> We are the parent. We we may have gone through more thing more things yeah. than our child has yeah. because once we go through them, we try to shout shelter our children from having to go through them. You may have done a really good job, mom, in doing that, but you're the parent. So again, you have to deal with your issues or need to deal with your issues before the baby gets here but definitely by the time that child is well that's that's unrealistic because some people don't know they have those issues until they become a parent so how are you going to deal with it before you become a parent if you don't even know until you become a parent because a lot of us a lot of us do not a lot of us don't know how we're going to treat our children until we have children because you don't know if you're going to be dealing with you know postpartum you don't know what you're really going to deal with until you have that child um, some people check out. Some people are, you know, from the beginning, they're just not loving individuals. And, you know, no matter how much they, you know, may get therapy or, you know, around that child, they still may not love that child the way that child needs to be loved. And so just saying, oh, you need to fix it before that nine months is up, they may not be able to, or they may not even realize anything is wrong until they start raising that child. I agree, but that is not going to change the fact that if we don't fix our issue, we're mm-hmm. going to raise our children with issues. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, that's my thoughts about that. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy, but because it's, it's like, <laughs> you don't realize, it. no, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing Faye, you don't, and, and I, and I get it because I don't think nobody intentionally means to be, be that way. You just end up that way. You know what I mean? You, if you weren't mothered properly, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, or you, you know, you had a child at 15, you know what I'm saying? And you had to turn into a mother so fast and you just, um, and we talked about that last week about being emotionally detached. detached. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't have, if you don't realize that you're doing it, you're, you know, you're, you're not, I mean, it, you just, it's just become a part of your natural uh, persona, you know, your or how you, how you love, you know, Everybody don't love from the same place. You know what no. I'm saying? Everybody doesn't. Everybody doesn't uh, doesn't uh, show the same type of emotion. You know what I'm saying? A child, uh, a person that's been loved properly, probably loves different. You know than a person who has yeah. not been loved properly. A person who's been raised on survival Uh-oh. probably uh, raises their children different than you know than than another. I thank God, even though I, thank God I had you know even though I was raised with a stepmom, but I did have a mother and a father. You know, in the home, and you know, I'm, I'm appreciative for those things, but it's, I know it's some things that I even I was missing. You know, what I'm saying uh, in 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 that regard. You know, and uh, but that's deep. So if she's never empathetic, that means that she had to have gone through me, had to have. Man, because I don't think I don't think somebody would just choose to be mean for the fun of it. You know, <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, who, who just said, you know what? I'm gonna pick my daughter, 
and I'm going to automatically start just picking on you. You're going to be my whooping boy, my whooping. It has to be something psychologically missing. You know what I'm saying? Or there's a, a psychological deficiency or something that is transpiring in going through that. Am, am, am I saying that right, Faye? What, what, yes, yeah, so, something definitely has happened. But then um, also, you know, I go back to that. If you know better, you do better. Some people love to stay in that that space of being the victim. Um, and not wanting to grow. And so that continues on from when they, you know, their child is an infant through adulthood. They always want to be the victim. And if you always want to be the victim, you're not going to change. You're going to stay in that space. So unfortunately, it's up to the child at that point to try to make a change and look in the mirror and say, hey, I don't want this life. I don't want to repeat this pattern with my own children. Okay. 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 And uh, Vanetta said something else. She said that the nurturing switch for that, that narcissistic mother, it never, it just never clicks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and women tip mothers should be a typically by nature should be nurturers. And if that nurturing click never, wow, man, that's why that, you know what, that probably, that probably speaks to why a lot of, the 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 transition that is taking place in a lot of young women today because it's it's what uh what uh what what uh answer what uh what's her name Megan Thee Stallion said I'm a savage <laughs> classy classy bougie and <laughs> ratchet all at the same time so I think a lot of, a lot of them must be missing that nurturing I'm, I'm I know I, I threw that in it might not have fit if it fit y'all let it ride if it didn't fit I'm sorry I'm <laughs> you know um James you know Lamentations talks about that. It talks about, you know, mothers who will have babies and it talks about leaving them in the sand for other people to come and warm and to nurture. There are some, I'm glad she brought that, at, brought that up, that don't, I think that's a really good way. That switch just doesn't come on and they feel as long as I have somebody taking care of you, usually a grandmother or a great grandmother, mm-hmm. then that's okay. But they we don't realize how much our how much we need as daughters, our mothers. Oh, absolutely. Just somebody is not okay. That's really good. That's a good point. Thank you, Vanetta, for. Uh, and by the way, Vanetta is my sister. Okay. Hey, Sissy. <laughs> we appreciate you for coming on and supporting your sister. We appreciate that. All right. So the next one is is she always victimizes herself? And that's she what I was just speaking about yeah she always makes herself the victim in mm-hmm. every situation she makes herself the victim um so if she's making herself the victim is that just making her the center of attention oh absolutely okay. absolutely now everything has to surround her um because she's the victim so everyone typically caters to the victim find out, you know, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? How can we fix this? And then you're putting your own emotions, your feelings, you know, and your hurt on the back burner because you're trying to deal with a parent who's always a victim. And of course, we always try to, you know, we want to accommodate our parents. You know, we want to make sure our parents are okay. And that's how a lot of parents, you know, get control over their children. Because they know the child is, you know, going to look up to them, want want the best for them. Wow. That's deep. 
Um, I think my child kind of experienced uh, something like that, not necessarily um, on my side, but the but the need to try and not make the other parent mad, um, whether what they had to say um, was a valid point or not. It's just like I, she she is shut down just for the sake of not having the parent be mad. And one of the things that I had to tell her was that people are not going to always agree with what it is that you, what you're saying. And they may have to look at themselves. And, and I would tell her too, if it was ever something that I was doing, then to point it out to me as well, but people are not going to always agree with what you're saying, but you shouldn't make yourself feel a certain type of way for the sake of making sure that they are okay. So, um, I guess, uh, Dr. Faye, that, that example that you gave, I think a lot of people don't realize that they guilt trip their children into stuff as well. Mm -hmm. I think that I open the thing about it is, and James, you bring up these comp these topics, but I don't think a lot of times people take the time to actually think about the things that they're, that we're doing. And I say we, that we're doing to our children because nobody ever points it out. They never break it down. They never have topics and conversations on it. So we go through life continuing to do the thing, do the things, and then we create. I don't want. I'm not calling the kids, uh, children crazy, but we create these. We raise these children that have all of these issues when they grow up because of what we have done to them, um, yeah. throughout their childhood. Yeah. And it doesn't really. I would like to say it doesn't really matter. Let me say it, and then I'll, I'll correct it. It doesn't really matter why we did those things to that child, mm -hmm. whether the which we know, you know, the deficit is on our end, but it can be because we experience trauma. Mm -hmm. Again, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's a strong statement, but I'm gonna say we have to get those issues fixed because if not, we will repeat it, and when we don't, we repeat it, and mm -hmm. so. Um, it's it's sad it, it is sad for us that we can't do the fixing on our own you know i wish there was a switch we're talking about switch. i wish there was a switch that we could flip and say okay now i'm a parent so <laughs> my time is over but it's not so if you need help if you hear something tonight that makes you say this is me that is me and i don't want to do that to my daughter please reach out to james to Faye to actually to my somebody, God, and uh, get the help you need because if not, it will transfer to your children, to your daughter. And you don't want things like this to transpire and it be something tragic because these children right. these days are dealing with way more yes, uh, things that we're dealing with. And I don't, you know, sometimes they can be demonic, you know, a lot of times it is when they when they get inside of our children and have them thinking about self-harm because they feel like they can't have those conversations because when we do try to have those conversations, you're always shutting down what it is that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so um, they're dealing with so many things and we oftentimes overlook because we're so caught up in our own selves. And before you know it, it's tragic mm -hmm. because you didn't take the time to, number one, pay attention to the signs or put yourself aside. That's a that's a big problem. We always got to have our own selves in the spotlight 
and not deal with what's in front of us. It's right there. The signs be there. We just don't pay attention. Well, I'm, I'm glad uh, Faye suggested this topic, and I'm glad we looked at it twice, because a lot of times I, I do topics, like you said, Karen, I do these topics just to make some people think, you know, and hopefully, you know, because um, uh, you said, you know, in order for there to be restoration, first of all, there has to be recognition. And if a person never recognizes that they have an issue, then we can't do the restoration piece. And if we don't do the restoration piece, then we, there definitely is going to be some repetition in that whole piece. And so if we have the conversation, you know, the Bible does tell us that you are the light of the world, right? So if we're light of the world, then we got to kind of be light for the world as well. And, and, mm -hmm. as well. and being light for the world doesn't mean you shine the light in a person's face, but you shine it on the path, right? So they can see. And so hopefully uh, we can shine it on the path and the path will illuminate a mirror in such a way that the person will be able to look at the reflection and say, ooh, you know, even with that question I asked, do you apologize to your children? I think folks were lying. They were lying. All of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At least 40% of them yeah. were lying. Yeah, they were lying. Mm -hmm. yeah. You being so oh. nice and fake. <laughs> behind, at least it made them think enough to say you know oh, they thought about it yeah conversation james um yeah. and you know I'm, I'm transparent i wish you know my only regret is i didn't apologize to my children sooner i mm. wish i would have apologized when they were younger now Yes, I apologize now and I've apologized for anything that I, you know, um, did. And I'm not going to say may have done because I hate when people say if I did this. Uh -huh. You know, you did something. You know, you did something. So <laughs> I apologize for the things I know I've done. And like I told them, I've made a million mistakes. I might make a million more. But now mm -hmm. I'm at a place in my life where I can apologize. I can kiss you, you know, and I can, you know, have these conversations. My only regret, I wish I would have done it when they were younger yeah. instead of waiting until they got a little bit older. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that parenting thing, that pa I'm going to, you will always hear me say that that parenting thing is on the job training. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just on the job. You don't, you get things wrong. You know, I mean, I messed up so bad in the early years of my children. I mean, I, I sucked as a parent. I used to be lying going to hell. I know I sucked. I'm a, but I mean, I just had to learn. I mean, you just treat them like they're inanimate objects sometimes, you know, and they can just handle everything. And you're yelling at them in the morning and all these types of things. And finally, like I said with Trey, I had to realize at a certain point, heck, he just wasn't a, ma he wasn't a morning person. Me, I wake up with the with the birds six o'clock. I'm up wide, you know. But some people just aren't like it. Now he is, you know, because he, he's up doing podcasts at six o'clock in the morning, listening to podcasts and trading and all that stuff. But at that time, he wasn't, and I'm yelling at him, and he's got his lip twisted, and he got to go to school with all that on his mind. Deal with me before he goes to school, and, and think if it's just me and I wasn't cussing and stuff. What about those that are cussing at their kids and talking yeah. crazy to them first thing in the morning? And then you're breeding these bad behaviors. You're breeding anger, man. You're breeding straight. And I, I think I got the next topic I want to talk about. I'm not going to say it now because I don't want to hedge myself in. But I think I, I got the next topic I want to deal with. Uh, but um, but I think, I mean, when we play this whole victim piece and, and, uh, and make our children feel like it's their fault that our lives are the way they are, how do we put that responsibility on a child? I just don't, I, I, I don't get it. 
I get it. I don't get it. Because we, we don't want to own up to our own indiscretions, mistakes, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So guess what? It's easier to blame someone else. It's easier to blame that child and said, I had to give up my life because I had you. Oh, last time I checked, I didn't ask to be here. So sure didn't. No, sure you didn't. got you have to give up your life because you open your legs irresponsibly. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm a back up because that's what you, but, but either that's way it go. Yeah, that's what happened basically. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. All right, th this is the last one, y'all. And like we we might we be a, we ain't finishing the urge I thought we were, but we we go finish a little sooner. But this is the it's last before midnight. Yeah, that, oh girl, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get people used to this new time. They got they got to get used to it. So that's cool. All right, this one she sabotages your relationships. That means your mama is all up, as Ashley would say, all up in your business. <laughs> when, even in your relationships, she does things to sabotage those relationships. Karen, you got to shaking your head on that one. You act like you know something that happened firsthand with that one. I mean, I, that just takes me back to what Faith said earlier about um, giving your kids money so that you can say you did it. You know, they didn't do anything. Why would you do that? I mean... Yeah, they need relationships, they need friendships, they need sisters and brothers, they need all of this on their age level so that they can have peers, people in their age group that they can talk to and they can relate to. It doesn't really say to the parent, uh, about the parent, that they don't have a good relationship. It's not that. They just need other relationships outside of their parent. And... Um, that's I I just think I don't know that that confuses me. It really does because your children, our children, are not going to tell us everything. I don't care how close your relationship with them is, and they will tell you a lot of things if they like you, because mm -hmm. some children don't like their parents, but they will tell you some things. But they're not going to tell you everything. So mm -hmm. I think they should have close friends that they can share things with in their own age group. And mother, step back. Please step back. I mean, choose the friends, I guess, depending on how old the child is. But step back and allow the child to grow, you know. Uh, and I'm saying that because if anybody watches this, they look, grew up with me, they're going to remember me saying to them, you don't have friends. And I mean that. But you also know what I mean. I think you need to have people that you can talk to. And I grow up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Go we ahead, can't hear Faye. You, James. We can't hear you. Faye, uh, Karen, appreciate that for that, Karen. But Faye, when this talks about sabotaging relationships, what types, what all types of relationships are they referring to? Um, it could be sibling, it could be friends from school, it could be, you know, um, a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, a significant other. Um, it could be any type of relationship because the thing is when you're becoming too close to someone else and you appear to be happy, a narcissistic mom really does not want you to be happy. So it could be, you know, so that that person could be the center of attention. Let's, let's handle siblings. If that mother wants to be the center of attention then they she will go between siblings and talk about each of the children so their relationships aren't strong. Are you kidding me? It happens. 
Trust me, it happens. It, it happens. So now you have the siblings upset with each other, really don't know why they're upset, but the common denominator is the mom. And the mother will get enjoyment out of the siblings not getting along. I mean, and it could be a friendship, you know, when, you know, girls are growing up. Now you're preteen, you teenagers. So now you want to be around your girlfriends more. You have more to say to them. You're talking to them. You're wanting to hang out with them. Mother may come back and say, hey, you know, you shouldn't be hanging out with this little fast tail girl. She's no good. She's going to oh, bring wow. you down. And it could be the furthest from the truth just to break up the relationship that's crazy y'all really making me feel some type of way about these narcissistic mamas out here i promise you because I, I just i'm i must be actually i gotta be i'm just oblivious i guess living in this world huh? i must be a straight oblivious because <laughs> i couldn't even imagine some of this stuff that y'all are saying is happening between mothers and their daughters and and is this specific it's something is some of this specific to mothers and daughters or just parents and children, period? It could be parents and children, period. I agree. It could be I fathers, agree. too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. Men, well, yes. to, to be honest, Lord. statistically, men are more narcissistic than females. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Amen and all that can on that stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I want you to show me the statistic you agree with. <laughs> Uh, uh, the, the, uh, I'll listen, if, even I mean, just period all around, just think about it in the workplace. Narcissistic men, I don't work, no, I don't, I don't work for nobody, so I don't know about all that. But you work, you in a workplace, you, you work, you, you do I'm, something. I'm, work, I'm working a right lot of time in relationships, not narcissistic men. Okay. It happens a lot more common amongst the males than it does. Sizes your relationships. That was uh, so, so did you want to hear it or did you not want to <laughs> no, hear it? I didn't want to hear it. Oh, tonight, you sound tonight, a little controlling. Tonight we're talking about Tonight we're talking about narcissists. Tonight we're talking about narcissists. Now he's controlling everybody. You but sound talking, a little not. You sound like you might be on the on the cusp of being. You know, Ashley, what did I say? You hey, said it. That was one of three. Hey, you gotta have five out of it. He getting close to me, Faye. He getting close. That was one of the three. <laughs> if, if we don't want to talk about what he want to talk about, he skip on up what we talking about. But I, I made a whole sign that said, "Jealous parents when mothers are jealous of their daughters." So that's what we talking about tonight, right? Mothers that are jealous of their daughters. We stay on. But you, you asked. We stay on topic. We stay on topic. We stay on topic tonight. We on. It's ladies' night, right? Yeah. No, but we're still, and I'm the moderator. We're gonna stay on topic. Let me show. Hold on. Let me show you this banner right quick. One more time. We don't want to see it. You you wasn't on the flyer this week. It was me, Miss Faye, and Miss Karen. Ways a narcissistic mother might try to sabotage her daughter's life. We didn't say nothing about men on this particular. Somebody is in denial. Well, hey, I got three of the characteristics according to the doctor. So I'm just only need two more. She said four. Four. That was four for oh, the three. The third one that wasn't in the first three. I had to go back through them. I think you have four. Uh huh. Okay. We'll work on May the Lord watch between. <laughs> wow. Hey, listen. Uh, tonight we've gone through all thirteen of these tonight. We actually got through all thirteen tonight. So we try to we try to do showtime, and uh, and we'll see how it works going forward. But I appreciate y'all for jumping on tonight. I'm gonna uh, 
I'll extract the sound and put them on Spotify and uh, Apple, whatever it is, Apple Podcasts later as well. And uh, we can continue this conversation. But uh, it's been real. It's, it's eye-opening for me. It's out. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with uh, with uh, YouTube because people keep putting these little codes in here, and I don't understand. Yeah, I see know. that. I see yeah. that, yeah. I don't know if it's if something's messing up while they're trying to uh, add comments or what, but it's. Do you know those people? I thought, I thought you know it was people it was do you recognize yeah. some of those names? Uh, I do. Kennedy, I'm gonna go back and look. Patricia Kennedy, I was, Kennedy Catherine I was thinking it was hacked. You think it was hacked? I do not. But that's what I was thinking. Because, well, was it Kath, uh, Cynthia Maxwell? Does that name ring a bell? No, I don't know what it is. Okay. Not, yeah, whatever. If, if it was hacked, what I don't know. We'll figure it out. But no, nah, tonight was good information. Like I said, it was good information. We talked about 13 ways and uh that mother might. And we also learned that men are more narcissistic than women. So we got that we got that part down tonight too. Uh -huh. But and, I said we learned that <laughs> we learned that men and I got four characteristics. I got I'm one more and I'm gonna be a narcissist. So I get it. <laughs> I'm cool. Hey, I told y'all I spend time in the middle. Now, one you thing, I, gas lighting and everything. Man, let me tell you something. I will kill myself before I let. I commit suicide before I let you kill me. Trust me. I mean, I, yeah. I know my shortcomings. I know all of my shortcomings. Believe me, I do, and I'm and I'm I'm learning more. Of them. Believe me, I, say, I said I know them all. Learn that's kind of oxymoronic. But hey, but I had fun tonight. Regardless, good information. Faith, thank you. Karen, thank you. Uh, Ashley, thank you. Um, and we're going to continue to have these hard conversations and uh, hopefully someone will listen. And, um, and, mm. and I think if we do it right, we can actually touch about three generations. We can touch people our age. Uh, mm -hmm. those in the, our age, people have daughters now and children. And the, some of those are childbearing ages themselves. So then they're going to have children. And then we can have a trickle down effect if we can continue to share this this is my contribution, you know what I'm saying? I don't have a whole lot, but if I can try to affect uh, a generation and this is the way I'm going to do it, then this is the way that I choose to do it. So, okay? So I appreciate y'all for rocking with me and trying to help get this message out. All right? Karen, we're going to get your uh, technical difficulties worked out one of these days. I promise you are. I'm we taking are. my phone to AT&T tomorrow. <laughs> we're going to get them all worked out. and you Because you'll be listening, trying to put you in. You won't want to miss nothing. You got your ear up to the screen. <laughs> I, I know you want to hear. <laughs> I appreciate you, too. But, yeah, listen, we're on this half to better. Uh, we're going to have a good week, rest of the week. And uh, we'll come back and we'll do it again on next week. All right? And like mm -hmm. I always tell you all, the world is changing. My question is, why do you remain the same? Y'all have a good night, okay? Good, good night. night. God bless. Good All night. night.